Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ned Bellavance, Ned1313 on Twitter, and welcome to the Daily Check-In for October 8th, 2020. It's Thursday. That means it's Home Lab Thursday. That's kind of my new Thursday thing. It used to be Thursdays on the edge, and then I started talking about Raspberry Pis, and then kind of got into my home lab, and that's where we are today. I'm building out my own personal home lab situation. And uh, I think last week I showed you how I set up one of the servers for my home lab. I actually bought four of those, but I showed you how I installed the hardware for one of those. Turns out one of those, uh, that actual one, one of the dims was, was bad. It was no good. So sad. So I had to, uh, I got to send this back and get a new dim. Fortunately, 32 gig is enough to get the server up and running and I'll just slap the other 32 in when I get it. Anyway. That's enough of that. I uh, don't have any housekeeping stuff. I just want to say hi and check in with you. How you doing? How's Thursday? Thursday's a good day. I, uh, I'm looking forward to Friday. I'm looking forward to moving through the rest of the week. This has been a long one uh, for so many different reasons. I'm sure you've had an interesting week for your own reasons. If you want to tell me about them, hit me up. Let me know. Say something down in the comments. Find me on Twitter. I'm always interested to hear how things are going for you in this weird pandemic situation that we find ourselves. So uh, with that out of the way, let's talk about the home network that I'm trying to set up for my home lab. So as I mentioned, I have four servers, and each of those servers has one out-of-band, one-gig network interface, and that's for the baseboard mother management controller. Basically... When the server's not powered on, as long as it has power, you can get to it through this out-of-band thing. And you can do things like mount virtual media, turn the server on and off, look at the post, all that kind of cool stuff. If you're familiar with servers in general, you've definitely dealt with this. On uh, Dell servers, it's called iDRAC. On HPE servers, they call it ILO. It, it's got different names. They are all kind of go down to the same thing, which is BMC or Baseboard Management Controller. So that is one of the ports. Then there's four more ports. Two of them are 10 gig ports, and but they can be one gig. They can do either. And two other ones are one gig ports. So my original thought was I would have an out-of-band network. I would have a management network. I would have a vSAN network. And I would have a vMotion. And finally, a general VMs network. So that's five networks in total. And each one could ride its own cable because I bought a 24 port switch. So four servers, we'll do the math, four servers and five connections a piece is 20 ports. And my 24 port switch will still have four ports for things like an uplink, uh, any sort of out of band management and any expansion that I want to do. It actually takes a little module in it too. Speaking of which, what kind of switch did I get? I got a used Cisco 3560-X Catalyst switch off of eBay for under $100. If you're looking for a switch on the cheap, buying used Cisco gear from eBay is, is probably the way to go. It's, it's certainly not the only way to go. You can buy like a decent switch brand new, but why not buy one and, you know, uh, exercise my Cisco chops a little bit because I haven't done a whole lot of Cisco config in the last, I don't know, four years, <laughs> you know, ever since I went cloud. Uh, and as I tried to set up my configuration, I ran into some issues. I ran into some trouble. And I thought I would share some of the troubles I had by showing you kind of a diagram of my existing network and the problem I ran into and how I'm planning on solving it. So without any further ado, let me share out my screen. Okay, so this is roughly my network. 
And I've simplified things a little bit here. Um, so right here, I've got my four servers, right? That's my four, one, two, three, four servers. I've got one connection showing here to the switch, but that's actually five connections per server into different ports. And what did I do? I created five VLANs on my switch. So I've got VLANs 100, that's for the BMC or the out of band network. I've got 101, that is for my management stuff. So what goes on the management network? All of my vSphere hosts, all my ESXi hosts, their management interface is gonna be on the 101. It's gonna be on the 101, not, not the LA 101, just 101. 102, that is reserved for vSAN traffic. Gave that its own network, it's one gig, but the ports I have it plugged into can go 10 gig if I ever decide I wanna throw a 10 gig switch in there. All right, 103, that is for vMotion. And finally, 104, that is going to be for VMs. And I actually created a trunk port on that. And if you're not familiar with the trunk port, it basically allows you to have multiple VLANs being presented and tagged on that port. And so if you connect that to the server, you now have access to multiple VLANs. Right now, I only have 104 trunked down to that port. But if I wanna add a 105 or a 106, et cetera, for different virtual machines on different networks, I can do that and it's all set to the same trunk port. So that's generally what I'm doing. And the way that I set up the IP addressing for this is this one is 10.0.0.0 slash 24. And then the management network is 10.0.0.1.0 slash 24, et cetera. You kind of get the idea, right? So I've basically broken it out so I can have all these slash 24 networks. And that should generally be big enough for me. Awesome. Now on the switch, on the VLAN interface, which is the way that Cisco does it, each VLAN interface has an IP address. So for the 100, it's 10.0.0.1. And this is basically the gateway. This is how anything on VLAN 101, uh, 100 can get outside of that VLAN to a different network because my home network is using, uh, where should I put that? Right down here, is using 192.168.1.0 24. So if I want to talk to my home lab, one of the interfaces, I have to be able to get to that thing and then get back from that thing. So for instance, let's say that the BMC on here is 10.0.0.11, which it is. If I want to talk to that from a device, let's just throw a device over here. Here's my little laptop and it's using a 192.168.1.0. Uh, let's let's say 20. That's the address it has. When it wants to talk to this 10.0.0.11 address, it sends its request to the default gateway, which is my wireless router, this bad boy here, which is 1.1 on my 168 network. The That wireless router needs to know where to send that traffic. So I put a static route for 10.0.0.16 to send that traffic to a special port on here on my switch, which is a routed port using 192.168.1.15. When traffic comes in through there, it's now inside the switch. Routing's turned on the switch. The switch goes, do I have a route that can get to traffic on 10.0.0.11? Why, yes, I do. I will send it out this gateway, this VLAN gateway here. I will send it out 
and that will end up at this server and I can talk to the server and then the server will send traffic back to the switch. The switch has a default route that sends traffic it doesn't know about, it doesn't know where to put it. It sends that traffic back to my wireless router. Yay! And then my wireless router says, oh, you're looking for 1.20? I know where that is. I will send the traffic up here. Boom, Bob's your uncle. Everything's good. I can get my stuff where I need it to be. That's awesome. Now, the problem I ran into is what if I want to talk to the internet? That's a whole other can of worms. So if this machine here wants to talk to the internet, okay, so it wants to send something to 8.8.8.8. All right, so I want to send it to 8888. I'm going to send that here to my default gateway, 10001. 10001 says, all right, routing engine, what do you do? Well, I don't have an exact route match for 8888, but I know that my default route is to send things to 192.168.1.1. I will send it over to this wireless router. Awesome. Wireless router goes, oh yeah, 8.8.8.8. But you know what? Wait a minute. I NAT traffic when it goes out that interface. And you know what? I'm looking at my NAT table and I see 192.168.1.0/24. I'm aware of that network, but you know what I'm not aware of? This network over here. Never heard of you. Don't know what to do with that traffic. I don't have a NAT rule for you. I am going to drop that traffic. Bye bad no gonna drop that traffic which basically means when i try to send a packet to something on the internet it gets to the external interface that has that nat interface for my wi-fi router and the wi-fi router just drops it says nope don't know about that network don't know how to nat that i'm going to drop that packet and move on with my life so that is the problem that's the problem that i'm faced with right now What's the solution? Well, the solution is I got to do something about this Wi-Fi router because honestly, it's a home router. It's an Orbi Wi-Fi router, and it does not have the interface or hooks that is necessary to properly configure it. So I got to X that out. What did I do? I went out and I picked up a wire, a router from Ubiquity. It's the Edge X 10X or Edge Max 10X. Basically, that's what I ended up buying, and that is shipped, and it's on its way. Once I get that, I can place that where the Wi-Fi router is in my current network setup, switch my Wi-Fi router to be in access point mode so it can still provide wireless services, but now it's not responsible for any of the routing on the network, just providing Wi-Fi and maybe DHCP if I'm feeling funky. But I think I'm going to have the, the new router also provide DHCP services. And that access point is just an access point. So that's my current plan. That new router can handle things like multiple VLANs. I can even trunk the VLANs if I want, rather than having a router port on that switch. I've got a lot of options now if I buy a slightly more intelligent device. And the good news is that slightly more intelligent device was only 100 bucks. So I'm getting a new router that's more capable. My access points can keep doing the thing that they're doing, and I will have NAT working for my machines that are in the home lab. So that's my current plan. That's what I'm going to do. Hopefully, I'll set it up this week, and it'll all be working next week, and we can talk about something else. But I thought it was interesting to sort of dissect what my home lab looks like, what my home network looks like, and an issue that I ran into that I'm going to solve in a different way.
So that's my thoughts for today. Tomorrow is vault certification. So if you're interested in the vault certification, stay tuned for that. Until then, stay healthy, stay safe out there. Thanks a lot.